You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. On this episode, we'll be breaking down an Auburn Tigers victory over the number 18 LSU Tigers, securing themselves a spot for now for first place tie with three other teams. The Tigers beat LSU in overtime. Yes, you heard me again. Overtime for the fourth time this year by the score of 91 to 90. We're going to break down all the action, storylines, and thoughts from this game. To do that, I brought in my friend and co-host, Mr. Drew Hooper. Drew, you know, you say that LSU shouldn't be uh, trusted in in close games, but it seems like Auburn is just as good at winning close games as well. Yeah, I think LSU is good at winning close games. I think Auburn's really good at coming back from whatever massive grave they dig themselves. <laughs> that is very true. I just don't what I'm trying to wrap my head around why this continues to happen because this isn't a an issue of something that happens once um, every couple of games or uh, just once in a blue moon. This is something that has happened, in, especially in SEC play, on a regular basis. And, and again, there's no pattern in terms of at home or on the road. I, I would say it probably gets a little worse on the road. But any thoughts on that? What, what's the whole thing with Auburn spotting their, their opponent a few? Well, I think at the beginning of the season, yeah, it was definitely like Auburn's slow start. Other teams came out and were just steady. I think, like, in our past three to four games, it really hasn't, other than the Ole Miss game where we were just a raging dumpster fire the whole time, uh, I think really when you look at LSU, Arkansas, and we started decently against Kentucky and kind of held it in there, uh, I think whenever you look at the Kentucky game, look at Arkansas, LSU, back-to-back, Arkansas and LSU came out, and Auburn started decently, LSU and Arkansas were like concussive from three, like could not miss. And LSU kept that up the whole game. Arkansas slowed it down a little bit. Kentucky didn't come out and was lethal from the three or anything like that. And I think that's the difference is I don't think our three-point defense is bad. It's just we're running into teams that are just in a spot where they can't miss. And you got to give kudos to Auburn for not ever dropping their head and going, man, we're out of this because that's what most teams do. And I think that speaks to the – the senior ladenness of the squad that they, they realize, okay, as long as there's still time on the clock, we're in this game. So that's a couple ways you can choose to look at this scenario. We've been talking about, you brought up both scenarios there. You can either be like, why do we always do this to ourselves? I kind of went there, but you're also saying that, Hey, I mean, look at what we're able to do with the tough scenarios. We've either put ourselves in or found ourselves in because the other team is not doing something that they normally would do. And I'll give you a little bit of perspective here from that angle. Uh, I had an LSU, a very close friend, and actually a, a former pastor of mine, at the game with me 
uh, in Auburn for versus LSU, and he's an LSU fan, and he looked, kept looking at me the entire game. He's like, we, we don't make threes like this. I have no clue what is going on. We're a good team, but we shouldn't be doing what we're doing to you right now. So I would say that Auburn probably is the benefit, the, not the benefiter, uh, but at a disadvantage of just catching some teams at times that they're, um, such as making threes that they normally wouldn't, and that's kind of the way I tend to lean on that. But uh, you're catching teams' best shot. Yeah, like that—that's what you are now. Like you're going to get. Well, like this was Auburn three years ago when they beat Kentucky. Like Kentucky yep. was the the top of the mountain, and every time people play Kentucky, they got the best shot. You are the hunted right yep. now in the SEC, and that's a weird place for us to be because we don't like to be the hunted. But this Auburn team actually seems to like being the hunted. They get. Yeah in a little hole a little bit, but it makes for the name, the cardiac cats. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're definitely that like they, they do, a, they do a good job of fighting back. Like you hate to see those holes, but I mean, you look at old Miss team, old Miss is awful. Even though they beat Florida this past weekend, like we got old Miss's best shot and yep. weathered the storm that I think that would may have been an even harder storm to weather as bad as offense was that night. But I think, really like our defense is is pretty decent we don't get a lot of steals but i I think our defense is really good as far as you just see stretches of the game where we lock other teams down for five six seven minutes so i i I think it just goes into you're getting everyone's best shot now yeah it's definitely something to get used to yeah versus hunter you're the circle on the schedule now rather than oh that's a win we get to go play auburn Mm mm-hmm yeah, it, it's it's a new mentality that I think obviously the team's probably accepting a little bit for, better than we as some of, some of us as fans are. Uh, I probably fall into that camp, and you know I find myself questioning why do we give up these leads. But it, it, at the end of the day, here's Auburn rising to the occasion again, and they secure themselves a three way tie for first place. Now, Drew, the way I understand it, that yes, we are in a three way tie with Florida and LSU, all with two losses there. But if it shakes out the today, if it was the end of it, Auburn would be first place because they have the tie over everybody. Is that the way you understand it, too? Yes, because we have head-to-head against Kentucky and LSU. If SEC play ended today, we're your SEC regular season sex champions. So <laughs> thank you for throwing that in. It completely threw me off my game right there. Um, but what do you think about that? Do you want to be in this position at this point in SEC play, or would you rather have it kind of been at the tail end or somewhere else? No, lead the pack as long as you can. Like Auburn for the past three years have, or two years, two, three years. Yeah. With us getting like kind of bombing out towards the end of the season, three years ago, like they've been the team up first, second, third of the SEC, like be there. I, I mean, it gives you better seating. I think it, I, I like having the target on my back. Like yeah. I, I think that gives you a little more umph to play for. And I mean, you don't want the chance of slipping at the yeah. end of the season. And right now, if Auburn were to end it today, and most likely if Auburn, whoever finishes first, they're going to face Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt's a decent team, but definitely a beatable team. And Georgia's your other seed, so like you're, you want to be in that one to two range as well. Uh, I think that's going to give you your most favorable matchups as far as SEC play goes. Yeah, it is nice to be sitting in in the driver's seat, so to speak, at this point right now. And you know, it gives Auburn a little bit of extra room uh, with, for whatever is going to happen in conference play at this point. So I'd say it, it is nice to be sitting there with a little bit. Especially, let's think about it this way too. 
I would say this. Our hardest group of games is now done in terms of all smashed together. I mean, when you think about Kentucky at home, Arkansas on the road, LSU uh, at home, I mean, Drew, I can't find a group of games the rest of this season and previously in this season that were as difficult in terms of a stretch run. No, definitely not. I mean, I'm counting right now. You got Alabama, Missouri, Georgia, Tennessee, Old Miss, Kentucky, A&M, and Tennessee. We got eight games left. I think it's plausible to go six and two at the worst in those games. Mm-hmm. I would and, agree with that. And I think you're looking at everyone else in the SEC has the flip side of it. We don't get Florida again, so we don't have to mess with them. We don't get LSU again, so we don't have to mess with them down there at LSU because I hate playing there. So I think you're looking at we, we got the bulk and the brunt of our schedule on the front end, which I don't necessarily like coasting in at the end, but I think the way the season's gone, it'd be good to get some of that, that heavy hitter confidence and really just take a Texas A&M at the end and a Tennessee at the end and just really hit them hard mm-hmm. and just get rolling in that way. And I, you know what? I, I'm proud of this Auburn team for weathering the storm in which they've had so far. I mean, it yeah, looked, looked a little rocky there uh, after two 20-point bomb outs, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah. whatever wakes them up. It's a, it's an interesting thing, you know, us Auburn fans. When we feel the, the roller coaster going downhill, we tend to tank even harder with them. I guess it's just our mentality and the way things go sometimes. Maybe at some point we'll get used to – uh, or at least we'll get out of that habit. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about the game here, and I'll just kind of go through uh, the game uh, structure, the game, the way it kind of happened uh, real quick for those of you who weren't able to watch or listen. Uh, it was back and forth from the start, and LSU did get out to a double-digit lead in the first half and was able to maintain that through the half despite Auburn making a couple runs here and there. Second half, LSU held on to that lead, they got it. Auburn got it down to uh, single digits uh, another couple times, but then really the big exciting thing was like with two minutes less than two minutes left, Auburn's down by eight, and they make an incredible run and uh, end up putting in a, a shot there at the end to tie it up and go on to overtime. And overtime, Auburn jumped out to the early lead, nailing three pointers, looking like the Auburn of old, courtesy of Devin Cambridge uh, as well. And then LSU fought back with Auburn finally getting that last shot from Javon McCormick. So, Drew, Javon, your boy, which you have been, you know, I won't say critical, but uh, just honest about, uh, he rose to the occasion in that moment especially. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, he, he played a really good game, like, distributed the ball well. He was a rebound and an assist away from a triple-double. Like That's crazy. That, that that's exactly what you want. He didn't turn the ball over. I think he got the team into the offense as quickly as he could. Uh, I think the only thing you could say was shoot free throws better, but I think that's a whole team thing right now. But I, I thought that was Javon McCormick's best game of the season. Like, not just because he hit the last shot. Even if he doesn't hit the last shot and we still win in a hypothetical world, like, it was a very – good game from him and just the quality to settle himself and take the shots at the end of the game or at the end of regulation was just good. He, he never played out of control, which is oftentimes what he does. And, you know, I, I appreciate him. Like he has obviously probably taken criticism for more than just me this season. Uh, I guarantee criticism has come from inside that Auburn staff from media members, obviously, from national media members, all of it. And he has weathered it and come out on the other side, I think, so far a better player. 
Oh yeah, and I think as you've seen the team kind of reestablish themselves after that two game skid, it's, it's a result of the guard play here, and it does extends beyond Javon McCormick. Samir Dowdy had twenty six points; he's our leading scorer on the night. Uh, he had a great one too there, and uh, I think hit some very clutch threes at times. He has definitely seemed to find his shot a little bit more, and and this was the area that Auburn was lacking in when they were struggling was guards producing not just points but creating opportunities for others by making themselves a more dangerous threat when your guards aren't making their shots they can key off your other key players such as austin wiley and neutralize them and then you're struggling to get to 60 points in the game uh so drew i've been very happy with not just mccormick but samir in the way they've risen to the challenge yeah i mean definitely everyone has has risen to a challenge in a way that the, the, I think everyone's finding their role now. Like we're we're no longer confused. We know the set rotation. We know who's coming in. Dowdy settled himself and figured out again to where he can hit shots. Wiley's playing at a very high level as well. I thought he played a wonderful game. So the the, the team in general has found what works and has gotten back to playing basketball in the way we saw at the beginning of the season. The problem is now we're playing tougher competition, so there's yeah. obviously going to be these closer games. But overall, this team has really found whatever way they need to win. That's how they've won, and I mean that's that's fun to watch because that is the mark of a a good team and a good coach. And I, I think we have both of those in this Auburn basketball team and Bruce Pearl as well. So one of the things in terms of you know taking whatever situation you're presented with and making it work, finding a way to win, one of those that present itself is they switch up in the starting lineup, and not because of performance or anything like that. You know, just if you're from basically the United States, but really the Southeast, you know, this time of year is when everybody starts getting sick. And Daniel Purifoy had to uh, sit out this game because he had flu or flu-like symptoms. Uh, even Samir Doughty, I, I was told, was not a hundred percent, and uh, did a, I guess was able to get himself game ready. I mean, twenty six points says he was game ready, uh, but you know when you have this situation, you got to find someone to insert into his starting lineup. There, Bruce Pearl goes with the choice of Anthony Macklemore, and Drew, you know, I am an Anthony Macklemore, just his biggest fan. He he's my favorite player on this team. But I gotta say, I don't know that I would have made the choice to start him. Uh, and and not chosen somebody else. What do you think about that? Yeah, Austin in our chat like put that up before I could see it that Purefoy was going to be out because he was sick. And I thought, you know, like that happens. Like Samir was sick for the Arkansas game. Actually, a couple people were, but still managed to play. Purefoy has to sit out. Like like you said, we hear this all all around this time of year. But I personally wouldn't go with Macklemore either. I, I thought. He's been he had a really good game of, against Ole Miss, but has kind of declined again. And so, kind of, I, I was wanting more consistency, and I would probably toss the bone to Devin Cambridge personally. And who knows how he would have handled it? But that that would have been my pick. More athletic, he can move better. He may not have the height that Anthony does or the blocking ability, but I think he would have given you the ability to switch and guard on the perimeter more than playing a center power forward combo like Macklemore and Wiley. Yeah. And I would say this too. I mean, it's obviously this for us to sit here and say Devin Cambridge was the better, better choice. He had 21 points to Macklemore zero. Now granted lots of that is because Macklemore was in foul trouble the entire night and uh, was the beneficiary of some questionable calls at times. But I just think that Macklemore is one of these players that once he finds his role, if you get him out of that rhythm, 
uh, that's when you know he he starts committing, putting himself in more situations to commit more fouls, not scoring as much. Uh, he shot four three pointers and made zero of them, which has not been characteristic of him lately. I just felt like it would have been a good opportunity to go with a smaller lineup against LSU to start off the game and then bring Anthony in in his normal role. Uh, personally, I really, as a player in my days back in the day, learned to appreciate the sixth man role. There is something honorable about it, and I think Anthony is just well suited for that opportunity, especially when you've got to give Austin Wiley some time to get a break there. And you, you put yourself in an interesting situation where you've got both of the men often together, and they're your two big guys. If they're both getting fouls, which it started to happen in the game, then you're going to be in a situation at the end of the game where they're both in foul trouble there. So I definitely would have gone with Devin Cambridge, but at the end of it, Auburn gets the win, so can't really question Bruce Pearl too much. One of the things I wanted to point out here, since we're on the Devin Cambridge subject, is the bench production as compared to Auburn to LSU. So Auburn had uh, 20 three, if I've got that right, bench points for, for themselves, and LSU had six bench points. I think that, personally, is the difference in the game here, is that Auburn is showing, once again, that maybe while all their starters aren't putting the stats up, as a team, they're able to mesh better together. What do you think about that concept? Yeah, I think new, coming into the game, we all knew that LSU didn't have the deepest bench, and they relied heavily on their starters to get good minutes and to play the bulk of the game and you know I I think Auburn settled in I mean we're just going to keep using that phrase settled in to what they are and any one of our bench players can get hot so far over the past like five to six games it's been Cambridge it was playing again through the SEC play we've seen Macklemore get hot coming off the bench Jamal Johnson I, I Bruce really isn't giving me minutes so I can't really figure out what's going on there I think He's serviceable when he comes in the game. I don't think he's doing anything that costs the team, but that's a different story for a different day. And so, I, you know, it, it is a good thing to have, especially going into tournament time coming up, to have bench production. Because if you're solely relying on your starters, you're going to fizzle out early. Mm-hmm. And I think LSU, as good of a team they are, we're getting into the heavy leg portion of the season. Like, everyone has played – about 25 games now and has traveled a lot. You're getting a lot of two, two games a week stretches. And so being able to rely on your bench to step it up whenever you need them to is a big deal. And I mean, that that's of the detriment to LSU. And I think that's of the benefit to Auburn is that we're four guys deep on our bench whenever pure four gets back in the lineup. And you, you can't ask for more that we have players that can come in all those positions. I think the only thing that we're lacking is really a like-for-like point guard shooting guard yep. uh, sub. But, I, you know, these guys who haven't played much this season, I, their number is going to get called. We saw it last year in SEC tournament play and NCAA tournament play. You have to be ready at all points in time. And so I think we're getting closer towards when we're actually going to see some of these bench players that maybe have only played sparse minutes this year or none at all. Like they're going to be end up getting into the game at some point. Do you think Devin Cambridge has kind of separated himself from the other group of um, bench players at this point? I think Devin Cambridge is your Malik Dunbar. Like, just a, a one. just a firecracker. Like, he is. He just seems to have a, a funny spirit to him, a very loose spirit. <laughs> and I, he just can unleash at all points in time. And he's got just the 
he's the energizer of this team. I mean, Malik's so close to in our memory, but I think that's a good comparison for him is like Malik would just do whatever, like whatever you wanted him to do. And he was going to have fun doing it. And he was always going to fly around the court doing it. And that's exactly what you see Devin Cambridge doing. I think what we're going to see with Cambridge as he grows here at Auburn is I think he's a better shooter than Malik, which is going to offer him up more opportunities, uh, especially getting NBA looks growing all of that. So I think Cambridge is a very special player and gosh, I love watching him play. You never know what's going to happen sometimes, but I love watching him play. Yeah, I think he is is doing some very special things right now. And then the point may be that come later on in uh, regular play here before we get into postseason, somebody else may step up. You know, we haven't been talking about Jamal Johnson a lot, but maybe he rises to the occasion soon. The point is, is that Auburn is definitely getting that production now off of their bench, which is what really separates them. Just to go back to credit, my LSU friend watching the game with him at Auburn Arena, he flat out told me at the beginning of the game, we have a great first five they will score in double digits they are averaging in double digits and they will today and lo and behold they do but he said there's nobody behind him and sure enough it's like he's actually been watching all of his games too so credit goes to coach pearl and his team for being prepared uh across the board to rise to the occasion and step up in big moments there uh, and Devin definitely did that throughout this year want to bring up a couple stats as we kind of wrap up our discussion about this game field goal percentage for auburn 41 percent uh, Three-point uh, percentage, 41% as well. Free throw, 65. Uh, not great from in my standards, but serviceable tonight. Ten turnovers, and then they win the rebound matchup, 36-46. to 46. You know, I, I pointed out, Drew, that I think Auburn, big thing for winning this game was their bench production, but I think you've got to give a little credit to the rebound as well. And, and LSU, to their credit, too, was uh, getting a lot of offensive rebounds in the first half, but I think Auburn really, again, flexed their muscles rebounding. Yeah, I mean, definitely on the offensive glass, too, 17 offensive boards. I think that rebounding total could have been far higher, too, because you look at some of the scrums that were going on underneath the basket that uh, we're not going to get into the refs, but there was a (laughs) lot of just like it, it looked like they were preparing for UFC 247 that night. Like, that's, that's honestly what it looked like sometimes. So, I think that number could have even been higher had some more whistles been blown. Both ways. I think it was both ways. But, it, you know, Auburn has shown that they don't get beat on the offensive glass or or even on the defensive glass. Like, they rebound at a high rate. Wiley was much shorter-handed this game. Your guards rebounded well. So, I, it was a great team effort by Auburn to really hit the glass hard and not give LSU more possessions than they deserved. And we failed to mention here that Wiley does have a double-double on the night with uh, 10 points and 13 rebounds. So, again, he continues to contribute uh, in, in very big ways, even if it's a little bit quieter than normal here. So I'm very happy with this win here, despite giving up the lead. It, it does seem like at times Auburn struggles to get to that 60-point mark, but once they do, the floodgates just open up, and they're able to do some big things after that. Uh, but Auburn gets the win, two wins in a row this week and uh, looking very good in terms of where they sit in the SEC currently. Now, Drew, what I, I think is going to be happening next here is we're going to be going back around to play some of these other teams that we faced, and one of those is coming up next for a little bit of a revenge story here is going to be Auburn versus Alabama in Auburn Arena this time. The game will be this Wednesday the 12th at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it on ESPN2 
The Tide comes in at 13-10, and 5-5 five and five in the SEC. Uh, Drew, they are the ones that gave us our first loss when we were sitting there at number four. They like to remind us of that. I think we need to remind them of who's actually good at basketball in this state. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not looking forward to this game. <laughs> I'm not because what? Alabama does score a ton right now. Like even in even in their game against Georgia over the weekend, they they score 105 to 102. I I think they went to overtime, but even still, like they could put the ball in the basket. Yeah, they went. Wait, to overtime. wait, 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 wait. No, you were you're not going to get away. No, I'm not. Thing. No, no. It's, 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 let me finish. Calm you down. Can... <laughs> calm down. I didn't say we're going to lose. I said I'm not excited about this game. Like, I, there's a difference. Like, I'm not picking Alabama to win first in the SEC like some people were, or even third. In the <laughs> Look, SEC. The, yeah. no, no, no. It's a it's a completely different thing. Be, not being excited for a game and picking them is vastly different things. I wasn't excited about the Kentucky game. I wasn't excited about the Florida game. I wasn't excited about a lot of games. Like, <sighs> games make me nervous. I don't pick them. I just get nervous. And so, anyways, now that you tried to besmudge <laughs> my good name on the airwaves, uh, let me get back to my original point. They score a lot of points, and right now, I think Auburn struggles shooting at the to- at times. We've really gotten back into being able to score in droves. Uh, I think this is definitely going to be a win for Auburn because it's Auburn Arena. Obviously, we, we have some revenge factors going on in that, and I don't think they're going to let them get away with what they did last time. And I expect a concentrated effort from this team. I, I can't wait to hear the pregame speech that Bruce Pearl gives them on ESPN uh, beforehand because I imagine it is going to be one for the ages. And I would expect, I'd expect Auburn to start hot and really try and run away with this game. But I, I think Alabama just scores – at a very high rate and is pretty good about putting the ball in the basket that it's going to be hard to put them away. That's what we've seen in SEC play so far as they have hung around. It is hard to put them away, but I think Auburn will win this. Yeah. I think one of the things that's contributed to them being able to score so much is now they're not relying solely on John Petty. When we met them a few weeks ago in, um, Tuscaloosa, you know, John Petty was doing everything. He was their leading scorer, their leading rebound, and now Kyra Lewis Jr. is their leading scorer with 17.4 points per game, and John Petty's still their leading rebounder. Uh, so their guards are doing uh, uh, really well at the moment. So this one, I think, is going to be obviously a story of who's better at the time, Alabama's offense or Auburn's defense. I'll put my money in Auburn's defense the way they've been playing against some very good teams lately, uh, and then you factor in home field advantage, home field, home court advantage and everything else that goes along with that. And let's not forget, Drew, you know, this this is a very special game for many reasons. Anytime we get we beat Alabama, it's special, but we will be, it's not basketball-related, but the the good old ODK sportsmanship, worst-named trophy in all of uh, college football will be presented at halftime. Uh, we'll be celebrating the Iron Bowl victory. And, and I guess the big question everybody has, Drew, do you think that the SGA president for Alabama will have an excuse this time not to show up? Oh, I'm sure the weather will be bad or something. Like, yeah, I I find it funny that's the sportsmanship award, but sportsmanship works on a one-way street most of the time. It does, and I've checked the forecast for all you Alabama fans out there. It doesn't seem like it. I think there's a little rain in the forecast, but I don't foresee oh, it being thunderstorm. Cancel it all. Cancel, cancel it all. That's it. Can't, we, nobody, we can't even hold the game because we can't get you over here right now. So hopefully they hold up their end of the bargain and are able to send their representative over here to sing our fight song 
And uh, I, I have a request from the Auburn students that if that SGA president brings a shaker and hides it in his back pocket like they always do and shakes it at the end of the thing, I, I don't know what you could do to retaliate, but please do something in, in a nice form. No, no physical violence, none of that. I'm not advocating for that. Just do something to respond to that because that irks me to no end. Um, Drew, will you, are you saying where you're sitting right now that Auburn wins this game? Just to clarify. Oh, yeah. I, I think Samir is going to bring his Philly smack talk with him and really work on shutting Lewis down this game. Uh, hopefully he shakes off the flu. Even if he doesn't, he's played well with the flu, so maybe it's a thing. Maybe he gives it to Lewis. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, I think you need to see Okoro really regain his ferocity about getting into the paint and driving yes. the ball. He's been settling far too much for jump shots. Uh, I think Bruce Pearl is going to be telling that, telling him that during film this pa- this next week, and I think if those two things happen, Auburn wins this no problem. I know he wants to build that resume for the NBA in one of those areas he can definitely improve as a shooting, but we've got to focus in on what you do really well for this team, and I'd like to definitely see him get back to that as well. But big game coming up. Hopefully Auburn gets the win this time uh, for revenge against Alabama in the 2019-2020 season. Quick women's basketball update for you. They're actually currently in-game as we're recording this right now. Last check that I had, they were up by one point over Alabama. Uh, so hopefully I haven't jinxed them. Hopefully they actually got the win. And uh, we'll update you next time on our show how they did in that one. Drew, before we get out of here, let's make sure we give our contact information. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Drew underscore Hoop, H-O-O-P-0-2. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at TigerEye24. That's all we have for you on this episode of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?